Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10:30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. It's uh, a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Let's pray because I am just wound up here. Um, Heavenly Father, I just ask that your hand will be upon this word today, um, that uh, hearts will be opened, uh, that uh, if just one person receives a revelation from you today, Lord God, that is, that's good enough. So I just pray that you would uh, help me to be coherent and uh, give me your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we're going to keep on talking about Jesus, but I wanted to offer you an encouragement with my first slide. Because uh, last time I talked about reset, um, we were talking about how the country, everything has kind of gone on this massive reset. And every time Jesus shows up, he's pushing buttons. You know, every time he shows up, he's pushing buttons. He pushes our buttons to help us move forward. So, you know, I started reading in the Gospels and uh, it's very interesting how different the Gospels are just because of the writers. And, uh, you know, like Matthew's just, you know, tax collector. He's, you know, concise, clear, gives you the full, you know, he's like a uh, five-part miniseries, right? Um, but Mark is more, he's like a movie trailer, like 15 minutes of ESPN. He's going to give you all the highlights, you know. Um, Luke, a little more methodical, too. And John, more heartfelt, you know, more, you know. And, and so you start to kind of feel the texture of the word, and that's what we kind of have to do to get to know the Lord, to get to know Jesus, to really dive in and understand what was going on. And so, uh, but I wanted to offer you this encouragement uh, out of Romans. But what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I find a lot with men, especially men my age, you know, um, there's some uh, feelings of inadequacy, some feelings of, man, I'm just not hitting the mark. What's wrong with me? I can't quite get, you know, past this, that, or the other. That's life. It's just life. We're saved. I'm going to heaven. That's what I believe. I have to stop believing that I have to do something to get to heaven. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that he was raised from the dead to save me from my sins. That's all it said. The thief on the cross didn't go to synagogue. The thief on the cross didn't make any sacrifices. The thief on the cross didn't do anything but say, that's God. Bam. 
So, just to encourage you today, if your heart's unsettled today, if you have confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, then stop trying to get re-saved. You're saved. Breathe. Now the job is just to grow and help other people grow and to build a community of God. Okay? So be encouraged today, church, that you're saved. Don't doubt that. Of all the things to doubt it, don't doubt that. And if you doubt that, dig in the word and find out why you doubt it. Speak to somebody who seems to believe. Talk to me. I believe. That's one thing you're not going to wipe out of my head. You can call me crazy, stupid, whatever. I have to believe that because that's my only hope. It's my only hope. Not the government. Not my wife, not anybody else. My hope relies on nothing less than Jesus and his righteousness. Correct? So be encouraged. I I started doing this and, uh, you know, I kind of was going, then I realized that I was trying to extract various verses and things that happened you know, to kind of show what... See, Jesus is our example. If you're trying to live a Christian life without knowing what Jesus did, said, and what he was putting out there, because you got to understand, the Jews at this time had no power. They were, in a, they were in an occupied territory. The only power was within the Sanhedrin. The only power was in the religious leaders. And the religious leaders were failing because they weren't teaching the people. They were ruling and lording over the people. So that's one reason why Jesus came. Because the whole system was not working for the people. It was working for the hierarchy. They were in between God and man. Right? So we set that up where, you know, Jesus is born and... Jesus resets our perspective. He was, all these people that Jesus encountered, he changed their, when he called the 12, hey, you're not fishermen, come follow me. Their whole perspective changed. This is the Christ. Because they all grew up with the prophecies. They all knew Isaiah, right? If you don't know Isaiah, read Isaiah. You'll see the prophecies. And, And you'll see how, Uh, he changed the perspective of the leaders because he was hanging out with sinners. Like, what are you doing over there? He's like, well, these are the people that need me. I'm not affected by them. I'm going to affect them. Right? Right? As a Christian, we don't want to be affected by the world. We want to affect the world for Christ. Right? Right? I'm happy about that. That makes me feel good. That makes me, allows me to interact into the world and have peace with it. Yes. Right? Um, he, he was teaching there's no value in these traditions and only obedience. Jesus was an example of obedience. In uh, Luke, was it Luke 7? What I want you guys to do, 
Because after the next slide, I stopped doing the verses. I want you to do it. Get in the word. Get in the word. These are just points. This uh, talks about when Jesus was probably about 12 or 13 when he went to the temple, you know, and they couldn't find him for a couple days. And, and it says, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everybody who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? <laughs> Didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying. Now they went down to Nazareth with him and he was obedient to them. But his mother treasured these things in his heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So he was obedient, although he was God. Right? Because he had to be obedient to the the call. He knew the prophecy. He understood it. So 12, 13 to 30, there's nothing there. He grew up. He grew up a normal human man. So he showed us. Right? He showed us. I'm going to be obedient to what I was called to do. How annoying could it have been? I I'll make a movie reference. I was watching that uh, movie Matilda, little girl, and she, Danny DeVito's her dad, and he's just awful, you know. And she's a genius, and she's just watching her parents, and she's just like, "Holy cow!" Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's probably how Jesus kind of felt sometimes, like, "Wow," <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I, I, I just I want to I want to know him. When I read the word, I want to give it some texture. I want to just think what might it have been like. What did he endure to sacrifice for us? How huge that could have been, being divine and being human. The discipline that it took for him to suspend his deity. To help us see, yes, you can walk out this life. You can do this. He's our great example. Getting to know Jesus is, is imperative to our walk, right? It's imperative. And we can't just read it like it's just some episode. I mean, it's so rich, the word is. Um, you know, he broke down the church structure. That's why they're so mad at him. You know, all these people were living the life. They were the celebrities. They were treated, hey, the Pharisees, you know, these muckety mucks in the church were muckety mucks in the church. You see all the pomp and circumstance they have for like the Pope, you know. Well, Jesus taught them that take your eyes off of these men. They're bad examples. Put your eyes on me. I'm the right example. There's so many people that have left the church because they were focused on a man and not focused on Christ. Whereas when they become great parts of God's community, you can pray for your leader. You can look at him as a man, flawed, 
not perfect, but trying. Trying. We're all trying. Right? Right? So be encouraging to others because Jesus encourages you to keep on trying. When he healed people and touched people, he said, uh, anyway, I got to get going here. He treated women with care and respect. That wasn't going on in this time. The priest and the scribe, they didn't talk to women. Women weren't even allowed to talk to them. So that's why the woman at the well was a big deal. Samaritan woman at that. She's like, why are you talking to me? You talking to me? You're not supposed to be talking to me. Right? That was the structure. See, you understand what I'm saying about understanding what was going on and how amazing Jesus' ministry was? Why it had such an amazing impact? He was violating all these traditions, all these man-made rules and regulations to hold people back. The texture of the scripture just lets you see that he was amazing. That's why they followed him everywhere. Because he was talking and doing stuff that was just like, whoa! This is what this life is really about. Even though we're being oppressed on the outside by man, we can enjoy the the thoughtful parts of the kingdom of heaven that rest inside you. Right? That's what he was trying to get across. That's what he was trying to make us understand. That there is no barrier between us and God. Right? He's going to reset your routine when you meet Jesus. Because he showed us a different routine. See, he wouldn't got baptized by John. John's like, ah, oh, man, you should be baptizing me. I don't understand. And Jesus is like, no. We have to do this to be obedient to the prophecy. To be obedient to the word. Right? And once he did it, God looked down. Hey, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. How many lives got changed that day when they heard that? See, Jesus was amazing. Because at every turn, he did the right thing. He could have chosen not to. Right? He had all the will and all the power. And then it says, and the Holy Spirit drove him into the wilderness. He was carried away by the Holy Spirit. And for 40 days, what did he do? He communed with the Father. That's part of our routine. We need to spend time growing our intimacy with God. You know, our routines. And, and, and after that, the devil came to him. And what did he do? He defeated the devil with the word. Not his word. Not some divine revelation he caught in the desert on the 40th day. that changed. No. The word that was already pronounced. He just confirmed it. We don't have to find any elaborate scheme to combat the devil. Right? The devil exists. Evil exists in this world. It's amazing to me that people don't understand the nature of evil. What's going on across the globe is a battle between good and evil. Always has been. Always has been. And they just try to twist it up to make evil look good and good look evil. What were they saying about Jesus? Oh, he's casting out demons by the devil. What? That doesn't make any sense. And he told them that. He spoke truth. That's why they 
hated him. He, he spoke logic and truth to him. The Bible is a very logical book. And he just spoke logic and truth and reason to them. We, as Christians, need to speak truth and be logical, less emotional. You know, it makes sense to me that I'm, I feel like I'm fairly amazing and that it, why would I just be on this earth for a short amount of time and then that's the end of everything? Like I always told you, it just seems absurd to me. I, I got to have a hope for something greater than this. I just do. <laughs> Um, when you meet Jesus, he'll reset your intimacy for others. Because there's no way you could follow Jesus around because Jesus was extremely interactive with people. He touched lepers. I bet you couldn't find anybody in the priesthood that would even come close to a leper. He laid hands on him. He touched him. He's out there. He was the first, uh, you know, tent meeting. You know. Yeah, they're all, you had to go to the synagogue to get something. They weren't coming to you. They weren't coming. Jesus went out to the people. Because he was trying to teach these priests, you got to go serve the people. They don't serve you. Right? Talk to me. Give me some feedback. Give me an Amen. So Jesus is resetting these things. He was teaching you to touch the people. When he said, oh, well, send them away and get No, you feed them. That's good, yeah. He's telling his leadership, you provide for the needs of the people. And there in turn, they will learn to provide for the needs. And you build a community. You build a church. Right? Amen. He resets desires, right? I thought about um, when Mary came and uh, cracked the expensive perfume over him. You know, and everybody's like, oh, it's a lot of money, blah, 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 and she's a prostitute, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, shut up. You don't know anything. This is a sacrifice because she desires to please me, to be obedient to me. God planted this in her heart. God plants things in all your hearts, right? Right? Don't let them fade. Because great things happen. Great things happen. Things work out. I was with Roseanne yesterday. She bought a car and it was kind of a fiasco. But the beautiful thing was all through the ties at Roseanne. This is going to work out because she has had a great testimony about how it, this all came about. I was like, right on. God's going to work this out. And he did. And it was wonderful. And that's what I'm saying. It's the Holy Spirit guides us. Jesus gives us great examples of how to just interact with life and get back up when we start getting a little depressed. You know, it's just continuing on. Jesus continued to do what he was called to do. He was obedient, even to obedient to the death on the cross because he knew the word. Remember when he was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees and they were talking to him about marriage and heaven? And he's like, you guys don't even know the word. These are the leaders. He's like, you guys don't even know what the Bible says. You've so twisted up everything that you're just... You're, you're, you're 
talking nonsense to these people and they're lost and they're depressed and they're frustrated. They were looking for a military victory to bring them back to power. That's not the way the Bible reads out, is it? Um, He's going to reset your expectations. See, I started reading a little Revelations. Did we forget about the rapture? Yeah, we talk about pre-trib, post-trib, blah, 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 blah. Whatever the revelation says, Jesus is coming back. And a lot of things going on in the world. I believe, you don't have to co-sign with me, but I believe it is moving towards, you know, new world order, flattening the globe, elites in power. I mean, it's, it seems to be moving that way like a freight train. I'm getting ready because, number one, the harvest is going to get very plentiful. Christians, persecutions may rise, but the harvest is going to be very plentiful. So we need to be focused and aware and ready. So first and foremost, are you going to heaven? Did you confess with your mouth? Jesus is Lord. Do you believe in your heart that he was risen from the dead? Then that settles that. Now Now just get about the work of enjoying the freedom that you have in Christ. Right? Don't worry about what's going on out here. I mean, I know it's troubling sometimes, but that's man being man. Right? All throughout history. (laughs) You find perfection... We're going to figure out how to screw it up. You know, that's, that's what we do, right? That's what we do. Don't think it's strange, right? Come on, let's enjoy this a little bit because God's doing something. God's following the plan that he set out from the beginning, right? Perspective. He's doing what he already told us this was happening, Right? I mean, I don't want it to happen. I don't want anybody to suffer. I don't want bad things to go on. But that's just kind of the reality of this life. You know? Pray hard. Be a good person. Be obedient to the word. Love the Lord. Love your family and people. And get stronger every day. And and see what's going on. Jesus helps you see what's going on. He said... You're going to have trouble in this life. You're always going to have the poor with you. I come to bring division. Right? He said that. I come to bring division. But also he said, who is my mother? Who is my father? Who is my brother? Who is my sister? All those who are obedient to the Lord. We can all sit around and have a pretty decent conversation because we all kind of believe the same thing. That's not cult-like. It's just reasonable. Right? It's just reasonable. Um, The problem that I have, and it's not just mine alone, I have pockets of pride. And in my pockets of pride, that reset button is hidden from Jesus. And sometimes I don't realize it because I've been the same way. Like I'm, I'm very independent. Very independent. That's why I've had a lot of jobs. Because sometimes if I feel like somebody's got me under their thumb, I'm looking for a new job. 
It's hurt me in some areas, but it's helped me in others. But I realize that about myself. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is revealing to me some of these areas where it's like, hey, Vern, you're not being obedient. You're not listening to me. That's that conscience that the Holy Spirit puts in you to help you work things out. So don't don't get upset about it. It's just God loving you enough to say, hey, these are some things that hurt you. I want to help you. Careful with pride and stubbornness. It's insidious and it's deep and it's rooted. And through prayer, the Holy Spirit will help you pull that up and out and you'll kind of see why you do this and that and the other. So when a loving Christian brother or sister is talking to you about something and they kind of give you a word and say, well, this is, you got to be able to receive and accept, you know. You just do. Because the people that know you best know how you are. I always used to say, you know, if your friends and family don't like the person that you're dating, then that's the wrong person. It's just true. Right? Because they know you. And they generally do know what's good for you. See? Pride. When Jesus starts changing those things in you, You hear me? When Jesus starts changing those things in you, when he moves in you, you grow. You become better. You're becoming better. I just want to encourage you with a word of, we're all becoming better at this. Give yourself a break. And give other people a break. You know, it's a grace and mercy. Jesus spent three years touching people. Remember when he first sent the disciples out, they were trying to cast demons out of somebody and it didn't work. They took a thrashing. Well, Jesus like, well, you're just not grown up enough to do this one. You'll get there. Right? You'll get there. And if you don't get there, you get to heaven anyway. You get to heaven anyway. You understand? Top of mind. Keep that at the top of your mind. When you find yourself depressed or a little despaired, you're getting to heaven anyway. Okay? You're already there. Live as if you're there. This is just something we got to go through. That is something we look forward to. And I just want to be a better human being every day. Right? I want to be a better example for Christ every day. And my desires start to change. I was like looking at something on TV and I was thinking, I've been watching these same people my entire life. You know, now they're just old. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of nuts how we treat celebrity in this time. You know, it's just, you know, like even sports. Like, well, are you loving them or are they loving you back? You know, it's just, see, my desires change as we grow up, you know, things change. But as you grow in the Lord, he's going to just give you a better view of what's important. You know, 
what's important? You know, and just take a deep breath. It's kind of like, if I put it in an economic sense, it's like you spiritually have a million dollars in the bank. You don't have to worry about that bill coming due because it's covered. Now you just go about behaving as if you got spiritually a million dollars in the bank and you can speak freedom to people. You can speak joy to people. Right? You can, you can speak the goodness of God to people no matter what you're going through because this is not it. This is not it. Right? Are you encouraged today? Are you encouraged today? Jesus Lord, get to know him. Read through the Gospels again slowly. And and set yourself in that time period. What's really going on at that time. And like they say, because I'm thinking, three years. It seems like it just goes from born, ministry, death, resurrection. But it's... The breadth of all that he did, all that he said from Matthew 4 to like Matthew 11, it's so red. And he's just teaching. He's teaching and teaching and teaching. Read about what he's teaching, what he's doing, who he's touching, who he's affecting, how amazingly different Jesus was. They were said they were astonished because he taught with authority astonished can we again become astonished with Jesus Christ you know exalt him as, uh, and it's amazing you know ha that's all I got pray us out of here thank you church No matter how many times you read the Bible, no matter how many sermons you've heard, it comes off fresh. It, it's like it's like a fresh meal that the Holy Spirit prepared at the grill there, you know. And off comes that New York steak and that baked potato <laughs> dressed with sour cream and butter. And, Hallelujah. Huh? Grace is, she's sitting here, she's starting to salivate just a little bit. That's what that's what the Lord does for us. That's, you know, it's like going to Dan Person's house and having barbecue for you. My Lord, it's like you've died and gone to heaven. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does for us when we come in and we worship together and we 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 bring ourselves under the the, the covering of this church. And then there's a word that that is just so fresh and fits so well in our spirit. Amen. Stand with me today. Stand with me. Lord, we are so grateful because the doors are open, the lights are on, the heat is on, and we have the opportunity to come into this place and worship you and fellowship with one another and enjoy our time and hear a fresh, timely word for each of our lives. It may apply to each and every one of us in a different way, but we receive that word today into our hearts 
And uh, we'll, uh, we'll just stew in that this week, Lord. We'll just, just uh, soak it in to our spirits this week as we look at our notes, read our Bible. We are so grateful, Lord, for that in our lives. Now, be with these as they go out into the work week this week. Help them if they're commuting to the workplace. Keep them safe. Uh, keep them healthy. If they have the opportunity that they get to stay home and work, hey, so be it. Let it be blessed. Let it be profitable. And let us all come back together here, Lord, later this next weekend and have a great time of worship together and be in your word again. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Lord bless you guys. Have an awesome, awesome week.